I'm Susie Anetta, Editor-in-Chief of Design Anthology. And in this episode of the podcast, I'm speaking with two emerging Singaporean designers, Ng Lo Wei and Mervyn Chen, whose work is part of the Visions of the Future exhibition, which you can visit online until the end of March at visionsofthefuture.sg. Before we start chatting, I just wanted to read out a brief statement uh, about the fashion industry in particular, because there's no doubt that the fashion and textiles industries are some of the largest sources of pollution on the planet. Even in a pre-COVID world, the fashion industry was facing a massive reckoning on a global scale, a total reassessment of the industry's structure and business model, which COVID has only accelerated and pronounced. Some are saying that COVID has acted like a circuit breaker to a broken system. And heavy questions like, can the fashion cycle change? Can it slow down? Can it become more sustainable? Are looming over everybody involved in the industry. So I'd love to ask the two of you to talk us through exactly what Canvas is and why you created it. Mervyn, do you want to tell us a bit about the project? So Canvas is actually a shoe repair kit and it actually came off of our um, school project and the theme of the project was actually to repair things. So um, we looked into the area of shoes because it's something that we felt that um, we were, it's something that is essential for us, especially growing up in Singapore as students, white shoes, especially campus shoes, are something that uh, people, it's a necessity as, a, as is our school uniform. And it's something that we wear and on a daily basis, I, I remember clearly the image of many worn out campus shoes because uh, Growing up, like with my friends as well, and being guys, they love to play soccer in their shoes, and and they wear the shoes until it's like totally worn out, but they still do not care. Yeah, and but but after some time, they'll at some point they'll replace those shoes and get new ones. So with, with that in mind, the image of like all the amount of worn out shoes that were being thrown constantly, like over the years of like one person's lifespan, is is actually quite a lot. And to sum it together as a society as well, the amount of canvas shoes that were thrown away probably like more than we can imagine. So with that, we thought of why not we repair, we come up with a repair kit as well to, to repair these shoes so that they won't be thrown away just because of like a small hole, but instead they can be uh, repaired. But more than just repaired, they can be repaired to a state where it's even nicer than before and it's something that is personalized to the user. That's so, really nice. Yeah. So I'd love to know how much of you know the statement that I just read out about the fashion industry and the state that that's in, how much of that was on your mind when you created this project? Were you very aware of sort of the global ramifications of, of all of this waste that you've just talked about? Uh, I think actually when we started out this project, it was before COVID. So um, definitely um, all this weren't on our mind before, but as the project progressed uh, throughout COVID, we did tweak our project to, to because we realized there were more needs and more urgent matters that, that were coming up. So um, with that, we created and tweaked the kit so that it's something that answered to, I'll say, answer a bit to the, the fashion industry aspect as well because um, we we had to create more colors that were were really pushing against the like current trends of 
so so it, people will want to use the repair kit because they can create colors that are similar to current fashion trends that were more bold and more um, uh, attractive. So in that sense, um, you having having those bold colors is like it allows people to create that sort of um, trendy fast fashion look, but yet they are repairing their shoe and giving it a second life. Interesting. And, you know, I think prior to COVID, we around the world in uh, fairly developed countries were living in quite an incredibly affluent era where overproduction and overconsumption were normal. So I'd love to have both of you um, tell me a little bit about, you know, the, the sense of frugality and, and this sense of consuming less that is part of your project. And do you think that that's going to be a big part of you know, humankind's survival in the future. Mentioned, like, even before COVID, like, there was already, like, this very, um, big, like, fast fashion and all these kind of things, uh, which is, like, resulting in overconsumption and all these. So, undeniably, like, Canvas, like, was created with, um, this, uh, at the back of our heads and, um, since it kind of affected all of us, like, as we grew up. Yeah, I think, um, it's quite interesting because um, there, there are two sides in the fashion industry um, and with the problems comes both sides as well. As well. So um, on the fashion company side and the production side, they, they, they are already driven towards a more sustainable viewpoint, especially with um, current events happening now. It's like everyone is really reminded and, and the pressure on the whole fashion industry is very real at this point. So I'll say on the production side, there is quite a lot of um, efforts moving towards that direction. But at the same time, on the consumer side, being frugal is, I'll say, a bit easier compared to a company standpoint because um, like, uh, at the end of the day, the companies have to try their best to survive as well, even though they want to cut down on, on things that are less essential in, during such times. But at the same time, so it's like, I think something um, interesting I noticed was um, the area of mass, especially like the production of mass. Um, it's like many companies are hopping onto it and it's to the point where some com companies are even relying on it as well to like thrive and survive through this whole period. But, but at the same time, we can, there are many like conversations going on as well. Like, is there too much production of mass amidst all this? It's like we, when we cut down on something else, do we end up just producing, overproducing more, but yet in an, another area? So it's, um, being frugal is something that is across both sides because, um, I noticed as well, like, even all the masks that were created, like, there are also some consumers out there that, that buy more than they require. And, and with this, it, it creates a, a demand and supply game in a way where the, where the fashion business see, like, all the interest in this particular product and, and they go for that. But in, in the end, both consumers and producers don't know that they are actually both over-producing and over-consuming. So I think uh, frugality will definitely be a way where we can survive, but it's, it's also quite something quite tricky because at the end of the day, companies are trying to survive and um, go through this whole period as well. I think you've raised two really interesting points there. First of all is where the responsibility lies. Um, but the second thing is also just this, the, the waste um, that I feel, and I'd love to know whether you agree or not, that I feel like it's actually gone up during this time. As you say, face masks, so many of them are disposable. Um, 
you know, I feel like, you know, obviously home delivery and, and all of those sorts of things comes with packaging that wouldn't happen if you're sitting in a restaurant. And of course, if you're in lockdown or circuit breaker, there is no choice, obviously, than to get food delivered to your home. But I just wondered whether maybe you might have some comments on that, whether you think you've seen the level of waste increase during COVID. So during COVID, like everyone is kind of like enforced to stay at home and which results in, uh, in my opinion, like two sides to things. Like one is like kind of, you can relook at uh, how you have been living and whether like your natural habits or lifestyles ha- are, is really the right way that you should be living. While the other side is like people because um, they are enforced at home, then they kind of like for deeper um, normalized way of like consuming things like online uh, purchases and things like that because like uh, like you mentioned like when we are forced at home then we uh, on, do online deliveries and things like that for food which is basic necessities uh, which um, obviously there are many things that can be done maybe to curb it and through uh, creative design or things like that but what about those things like um, purchasing uh, maybe one basic thing like clothes and things like that while in this COVID, like when previously we had like our lockdown and we were enforced to stay at home, well, people, uh, did they fall even deeper into this or did they took a step back and relook at the amount of things that they own or like uh, what they have at home, whether it's like to them even it's like already excessive and things like that. So um, I think like like the situation of COVID might be a is is an opportunity for people to actually like relook at it, but it really. Uh, takes a like see who uh, actually motivates them to go towards like which side of the uh, scale yeah Mm. yeah I think that's a really good point I know I definitely looked at my wardrobe this year and (laughs) wondered whether I really needed most of the things that were in there did you want to add anything to that Mervyn I think it's quite interesting to um, on the topic of um, who holds the responsibility which is also um like when uh, when we did this project, we realized it was something as well because we are actually designing the area for uh, consumers to have the responsibility to be sustainable. So um, we realized that actually design can come in as well in a way where um, consumers may not know that they can hold the responsibility. But when we design this area for them, this space for them to use their creativity, to use the resources that we resources that we give to them to be sustainable, then maybe there is. Uh, probably, I'll say a step taken that um, that the responsibility responsibility can be passed on to the consumer as well, and not just in the hands of all the big companies and uh, producers. Mm. Well, I guess they often say that power lies with the people. So, yeah, I guess as consumers, we do need to be aware and make very conscious decisions. Um, not that that takes any responsibility off companies and governments, but yeah, perhaps it's where the balance lies. Um, So back to the notion of frugality and and I guess sort of to extend on that fewer but better things and better quality and, you know, objects and items that are made to last. I think that idea was perhaps quite well accepted by previous generations. I mean, I always sort of identify that with my grandparents. Um, But, you know, you are the sort of the new generation and I wonder whether you think that people your age and your generation are also starting to feel like this and whether you feel that that is perhaps the way forward. Would you 
Would you think that that is sort of something that your generation is thinking more and more about now, especially during this time? I think um, for me personally, I like I also understand this from my like my parents as well. Like I see them um, deciding things and buying things that they feel are better quality to them. But I think um, it has shifted like over like the society has changed over the time where because my parents used to value things that uh, like they will see something that is more expensive or come from a more respected company to be deemed as something that is higher quality. But I think today with times and with, with brands coming up that, uh, that solely anchor on the brand themselves, one of the quality, um, I think younger generations today, they, they, do, they do find that fewer but better things are good. But the idea of better quality to them is may not come in the form of a uh, physical material quality, but it may be inf- become from the influence of branding and of many other factors, like maybe even um, like there are people they look up to like owning those things. So right now, I think um, for the younger generation, they are starting to f- they have this kind of mindset. But at the same time, um, the things they, that they purchase or buy may not be as sustainable because the quality of it may not be actually something that is of high physical quality, but it is just something that is more valuable to them um, because it's a more well, something more well-known or something more um, desired. Yeah. So in a sense, comparing to the previous generations, maybe the, the idea of something that is better quality could have changed and um, it's beyond just physical craftsmanship and materiality. Yeah. I mean, I think Mavin brought up a very good point about like how the what is defined as better quality has shifted a bit, cause um. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely a small group of people around us. I believe like that still value like um. Uh, materials that are deemed to be more lasting and things like that, like maybe raw denim jeans or like leather and things like that, and they hold on to them like, uh, wearing for a long period of time, and even when they break, uh they go to tailor things like that to repair them or to mend them and things like that and cause that's like the true so-called the true value um that they believe in in it but then like um for others that may be more caught on with the like fast fashion or things like that like what is deemed as valuable might or deemed as valuable quality to them might be uh, um, different to them so Mm. i think that's a good point to think about yeah Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. Actually, I've just thought of another question that I wanted to ask you, which is about um, planned obsolescence. You know, we, we all have phones. It's an object that, you know, is almost attached to our body, <laughs> you know, 24-7. And these things are designed to not last very long. You know, we, we have to upgrade. We have to get the new model. And that's true of many things in our life. But I think our phone is perhaps the most obvious example of that. D- do you think that consumers are aware of this? And and how they how do they feel about the fact that, we, you know, we're constantly kind of getting rid of technology and electronics and that this is something that big companies are kind of forcing us to do in a way? Do you want to comment on that so actually personally like um maybe not phone but my current laptop um when i bought it three years ago like i bought a slightly older version uh because of certain reasons uh like it has like certain ports and things like that that um, the newer versions don't have 
and then like now after three years then plus the additional years that uh, it was made and it was launched um, it is unable to update to the latest versions of like softwares and things like that which cannot sync with my um, maybe like my newer phone devices and things like that so it's also a question that like I'm trying to figure out like my laptop still works fine um, in fact like quite well um, but what am I supposed to do with it that like it cannot um, give me the features that it's supposed to supply me with if it's able to update to a newer software or versions and things like that. So um, I'm not too sure whether like um, the current younger generations or like, uh, but I'm pretty sure like maybe people around us probably knows that like uh, our devices are made to not meant to last for more than a few years, even our like uh what you call telecom services and things like that they kind of enforce you to change your phones or things every two years mm. but actually, if you take care of your phone decently enough i think beyond two years like or at least myself like my phone is perfectly fine mm. so it becomes a question of whether do i change my phone um because of convenience like um it's part of the plan to change it or do i um I don't know, try to figure out another way to continue using my phone. Yeah. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure about whether other people around or like the younger generations actually are aware of this, but it's just some things that I personally already encounter with regards to my um, electronic devices. Mm. Yeah. It's good to hear, though, that you're aware of that. So I want to go back to the fashion industry um, and talk a bit about pre-loved clothing and you know, the difference between that and vintage, because obviously there are certain connotations with those words, that vintage can be something that's kind of cool and maybe collectible, but pre-loved clothing doesn't have the same kind of reputation, I suppose. So I wanted to ask you about what you think about with luxury brands, you know, because, well, not just the luxury brands, even the high street brands, you know, they, they make their money out of constantly producing new things. Um, and so much of it ends up in landfill. So I, I wanted to know what you thought about how they could potentially make pre-loved clothing or vintage or even recycling a trend. Do you have any thoughts on that, on making that cool? For luxury brands, they, they, have, the, they have the role of setting the trends today. So I think um, with that, we, we can see as well how um, some, as some fashion trends go towards the more um, worn out look and like let's say like uh, ripped jeans or 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 hoodies and they'll they'll go for the more worn out look and I think to some extent they they can't really make use of um pre pre love clothing as well because they they have their standards of like quality standards and um things they have to meet to ensure that their brand is still um respected and and known for their quality but I think as luxury brands they can set those trends which allow consumers to to rethink the idea of um, pre-loved clothing in a sense when when they look at pre-loved clothing they may look that they may realize that it's actually similar to something that is trendy in today's times and i think that will that is probably a step that will help um, people relook at pre-loved clothing in a new way yeah mm, yeah i think that's that's probably quite true um, I also wanted to talk to you a bit about um, certain cultural traditions of repair because obviously there's such a big part of that in the Canvas project that you've created. So kintsugi, um, which is a Japanese repair of p 
porcelain and ceramic with gold leaf so that it, you know something that's broken becomes something that's actually much more beautiful in a way than what it was before it was broken and you know I think in Japanese culture there are a couple of different examples of recycling textiles and sewing them back together again and kind of making them even more beautiful than they were before. I wondered whether that was something that you were thinking about when you created Canvas and whether there were any other kind of cultures of repair from across the region or maybe even internationally that you were thinking about when you created Canvas. Be we did look at Kintsugi quite a bit because um, the idea of repairing something even better than what it was before was something that we really strive towards um, throughout this canvas project because um, we did not just want to make um, a repair that would solve the problem of the hole and because there is actually quite a lot of those repairs existing in the market already but um, the difficulty is to make it beautiful in a way where where consumers can look at their, their old pair of shoes in in a new way and create designs that, that appeal to them personally. So um, we did reference to Kintsugi quite a bit in the aspect of um, the thinking and the idea behind um, making something more beautiful than it was before because it's, it was our like goal as well as we did the project. That's good yeah. to hear. And do you think there's anything else happening locally, whether it be here in Singapore or anywhere else in Asia that you're aware of that um, are incorporating these senses, uh, these aspects, sorry, of repair or reuse or recycling or trying to create, you know, maybe a more circular economy in the fashion industry. Are you aware of any other similar types of projects that are happening? So, um, I mean, to bring it up, like just previously we mentioned that Canvas was created based on um, a school project and things like that. So I think like um, at least in school uh, level, like the they are trying to help push us towards um, like how can we bring back the old traditions of repair to our current new modern society and things like that. So um, I think like at least on the school level, there is definitely some kind of work done to actually help promote this kind of uh, to bring back this culture. I think on the fashion aspect, I know there is um, this, um, like, I think it's called like um, fashion swapping, like that exists um, in Singapore now. So which is the idea where um, people can, um, they do not just, because people wear the designer clothes and they, they might not wear, want to wear it that often. And because it's something that like, um, people have already seen or like it's a style that they have already wore be before so there's this uh, fashion swapping where they can swap pieces with um, other people and at a, so it's like an exchanging of pieces kind of thing where so in a sense they weren't their pieces won't just go to waste in their closet but uh, it'll be useful to someone else again yeah I think it's um, it's called I, is this Instagram called like the fashion pulpit or something yeah interesting so yeah, that's that's another I think interesting way in which the fashion industry could go. There there is also a business in the US called Rent the Runway. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, um, which is essentially the same sort of thing. I think where it's rental. So rather than swapping, it's um, same sort of premise though that you don't need to invest in a piece that you perhaps might not want to wear that often. It might just be for one event. Um, 
And I think it will be really interesting to see what other kind of alternative business models may come out of whether it's COVID or just, you know, obviously the climate crisis that we're facing. But I, I wonder whether you could comment on what you think might be some of the biggest challenges that the fashion industry faces. Um, is it about just sort of cleaner production? Is it about overproduction? Is it, you know, what, what other aspects do you think might be the biggest hurdles for that industry at the moment? I think, I think like now that um, you mentioned COVID has kind of brought everything up to the front, like um, how they are kind of actually maybe forced to be more transparent with their things, uh, with how they produce their products and how they manufacture and sell. So um, I think one of their biggest challenge currently will probably be to work towards um, how to rebrand or like maybe be more clear, clear or transparent about how they do all these things. That's um, yeah, my thought. Mm. What do you think, Mervyn? It's definitely something that is quite tricky because um, there are also there's also something known as uh, greenwashing, where where businesses will will appear as if they are more sustainable than they actually are, and there are actually a lot of people doing that because. Um, uh, it's actually not as easy to turn the whole business into a sustainable one overnight because of many factors along and many processes along the production line as well. And and because of that, um it's almost like a a already a deep rooted like issue that is like over the years that hasn't been solved. And and right now when being faced with the COVID situation, you can tell many businesses are, are struggling, but it's not that easy to turn their businesses to a fully sustainable one overnight as well. And I think the reality is also that they, many of them are actually trying to survive. So their number one priority is to survive as a business. And sustainability actually comes with a lot of costs as well because it will, it will result in um, their fabric costs increasing because it's pricier, like sustainable fabric is pricier. And um, even on the production line, when if they have to add in more processors to, to make sure that their pieces uh, are more sustainable, that additional processes will come in with a lot of cost as well. And I think that's also why I feel that um, it's something that uh, probably the bigger companies are more like in a position to do so because they have all the resources and everything. And for like small startups and businesses that are starting up, it's even harder for them to, to start one that is fully sustainable from the beginning because they don't have the resources or connections and everything that they have to turn the whole business to a sustainable one. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I, I agree. Which from what Melvin said, I think like, so maybe a big part of the responsibility lies on how can we um, educate or make the consumers more aware so that maybe they can relook at how they purchase items or which brand they purchase their things from to support the more uh, sustainable economical kind of uh, as in sustainable kind of uh, brands and things like that yeah um, because from there like maybe those smaller brands or those um, more sustainable brands can be more known or be uh, have more, slightly more resources to be able to strive for what they strongly believe in and um, in the end like 
consumers maybe have the bigger part to play in terms of like since they are the one purchasing the items they have bigger more power to towards uh, maybe how we sh- how we shift how the world shift towards the more sustainable mm. so up until now we've talked a lot about the role and maybe the responsibility of the consumer as well as brands so my final question to you both is, where, where does the designer fit in all of this? What is their role and their responsibility? And what would you like to sort of be doing other than the Canvas product that you've created? What else would you like to be doing to kind of um, create a solution to this problem? Something I mentioned earlier is like how designers can come in to create that space for consumers to be sustainable. I think um, that is probably a role that designers can come in because um, like what Lowe said about consumers um, like influencing the trends and, and what because at the end of the day um, these big brands are also looking towards what the consumer wants and I think if the consumers like what Lowe said as well like to be more uh, if the consumers are more educated in that sense and, and desire more sustainable fashion um, these big brands will definitely shift towards that direction as well so I think as designers, we can come into um, design spaces and processes where where consumers can begin to see like the benefits of being sustainable, and and they will begin to see that that being sustainable is not tied to the negative connotation of the like pre-loved clothing, for example. Like it's not tied to that ugly side of of things of like the look and fashion, but it can be something beautiful as well. And I think designers can come into create that space where where the responsibility can be placed in the hands of the consumer as well. So like um alongside the spaces and all this um that we try to educate the consumers about, I think maybe on the creator, like the designers or things like because um currently like maybe for, even for canvas, like we are looking at how we can um repair or uh do certain things to things we already own or things that are maybe for companies things that are already produced or made like how can we um cha- uh, alter that or things like that but I'm thinking like maybe for the near future like for the next batch of I don't know fashion or clothes things like that like can we actually maybe relook at how um fashion uh, like clothes are designed or fashion are designed like can it be designed to be meant for um, alterations or changes like um, since um, if we can't immediately change um, people's wants or needs towards um, trendy or new kind of things like can clothes be designed to be meant for um, easier or um, a smoother kind of like alterations done to them that it can be uh, can cause it to change in style or things like that that will fit maybe um, the next season or trend or maybe overseas like is it like for um, the end of the weather climate or things like that yeah so I think that's um, a space that maybe um, maybe fashion designers or we can think about like how uh, designers can help to play a part in this yeah that's a really interesting idea I hope to see that sometime in the future (laughs) Well, I think I want to thank you both so much for your time today. Um, it's been really great chatting to you both and 
getting to know you a little bit better and, and I want to say congratulations again on the exhibition. It's been so beautifully put together and it's really inspiring to see what you're all doing. But yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.